Would we ever think that Windows 95 or Windows 10 would have just created itself? If we set a bunch of electronics on a table and gave it enough time, would it turn itself into Windows? No. So we are remarkably and wondrously made. Listen to this. Cells organize into certain molecular structures, and that determines what protein there are. There are between 10 and 60,000 proteins in the human body. We don't even know how many proteins are in the human body. But one of them is a cell adhesion molecule. It's organized into this certain structure, and that tells the cell what its job is in the body. And this one is a cell adhesion molecule. So this is Louis Giglio uh, speaking at a conference, and he talks about this cell adhesion molecule. It's called laminin, okay? This is something else I want you guys to consider. Before we start talking about our shape and what that all means, and we're going to have practical application today, um, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page of why this is important. So Louis Giglio is talking about this laminin protein. He's on a plane ride with this molecular biologist, and he starts talking to him, and, and Louis Giglio is like, what? What are you talking about? And he starts explaining this protein in our body called laminin. So this is a picture of the scientific diagram of laminin. Reminds you of anything? Look at this consideration. So we have this adhesion protein molecule, and it's, it's telling the body to knit and to hold us together. And God's word says, Genesis 126, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And in Colossians 1, 16 and 17, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. Our bodies exhibit scripture and holy word that we are held together. And scientific diagrams show this laminin protein that binds us together is in the shape of a cross. You look at it under electron microscope and the actual picture of a laminin protein looks like this. We are wired and shaped differently, but it is from the same person. Why? Why are we shaped differently? To serve his purpose. In your notes right there under why? To serve his purpose. I'm going to give you four examples. We're going to look at the early church. We're going to look at the Apostle Paul. We're going to look at some of my favorite scriptures, the one another's. New Testament is filled with one another's. And we're going to look at Christ's call and character. So this is a bit of the tie-in of what Jessica talked about last week. Uh, there was an element that she shared that we are to wait. And so the example in the early church in Acts 2, 42 through 45, we see this group of believers that aren't just sitting, waiting they're doing stuff. This proactive engagement in this element of waiting, anticipatory waiting for the Lord's return, but they're proactive in this. So in Acts, we see the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. 
they sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Goes on to say, Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. You see this proactive engagement with one another, this connection, this community? Can't you see in this description how many different shapes it takes to do all those things? Daily being devoted to one another and to the teaching and to breaking bread and to selling possessions and to giving to those in need. That takes a lot of different skills and giftings and and passions. And that's what we're going to talk more about today. The other example, the Apostle Paul. Uh, here's an Old Testament example of that same weight perspective. Uh, Jeremiah 29.11. Very, very uh, often quoted scripture. So, that says, For I know... Anybody have it? For I know... For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Give you a hope and a future. However, is it often quoted the beginning part of Jeremiah 29? So we have this great promise, but, but what does the other part say? It's the same concept that Jessica shared last week, this proactive waiting. So 29, 4 through 7 says, This is what the Lord of armies The God of Israel says to all the exiles deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. Maybe some of you feel exiled today, this week, this month. It says, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Find wives for yourselves and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters to men in marriage so that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. Pursue the well-being of the city I have deported you to. Pray to the Lord on this behalf, for when it thrives, you will thrive. Be doing life. In the midst of this waiting and for the Lord to come, be doing life. And how much does this city need the Lord's healing, prayer, manifestation, connection, Our city needs God. So let's look at the Apostle Paul. So he's on the road to Damascus, and he has this amazing experience. And the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to the Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And Acts 9.13 Ananias, who Jesus tells Ananias, go and you need to to help Paul. Ananias answered, "I've I've heard a lot of people about this man and how much he's harmed he's done to the saints in Jerusalem. So Ananias says, whoa, whoa, Paul is not shaped for ministry, Jesus. No, I've heard about his persecution of the church. I've heard about this guy. And, And you want me to go to him? Wait a minute. He's not shaped for ministry. The Lord says, oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. You don't know that. You don't know what I know. Another example we have why we have, why we're shaped differently to serve his purpose. 
the one and others. These are scriptures, uh, I think, just speak very clearly to living in biblical community and being together. Romans 12.10, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to be free. Brothers and sisters, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. Christ's call and character. Ephesians 2.10, his call says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. We are created for good works. That doesn't give us salvation, but it is a call that God has for us. And in Christ's character, we see in Matthew 20, 28, uh, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So if we're to emulate Christ and his character, and he came not to be served, but to serve, we have a call and a responsibility to serve those around us. So... Ultimately, we are shaped because it's his plan. It's God's plan. In Scripture, there's a description of the body of Christ. And that's the church. And that's his plan. So here's a picture of that. First, we see in Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Renewing our minds so we can discern the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Later in Romans 12, spells that out. So, it says, instead, think sensibly as God has distributed measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function. They do not have the same shape. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. We are shaped differently. And that's his plan. So how do we, how do, we do this? How do we know our shape. Well, first off, I hope the beginning part of this morning uh, you've been able to see, and I hope you are convinced we are shaped by the same person. I hope you are convinced that we are shaped for his purpose. And I hope you are convinced that we are shaped to serve his plan. Because that's important. If you're not convinced, the second part of what we're doing this morning doesn't have a lot of application. Because our drive in working unto the Lord and not unto man is what drives and allows us to use our shape. So we're going to go into a time and a session that's really more application, group, and independent study. Um, so you got to have your sheets out and you got to have something to write with. Uh, because after uh, we go through some of these examples, 
you're going to have a time to participate in our ministry fair. There are different ministries out here in the lobby, and when we're done here today, we will actually be uh, ending a little earlier than we usually do to give you actual time to connect and meet with those ministries. Everyone who is a believer and calls this their church has a call to use their shape in the body of Christ. So we're going to do some time and understand what that shape is, okay? So, in your notes... We're going to borrow a movie illustration to get us These started. These are Riley's memories, and they're mostly happy, you'll notice, not to brag. But the really important ones are over here. I don't want to get too technical, but these are called core memories. Each one came from a super important time in Riley's life. Uh, like when she first scored a goal. Oh, that was so amazing. memory powers a different aspect of Riley's personality. Like Hockey Island. Goofball Island is my personal favorite. Come back here, you little monkey. The best. A friendship Island is pretty good, too. Oh, I love Honesty Island. And that's <laughs> the truth. And of course, Family Island is amazing. The point is, the islands of personality are what make Riley, Riley. The islands of personality are what make Riley, Riley. So we're borrowing this uh, illustration. Um, you are shaped. And so when we look at this picture of the islands of personality, that's what we're talking about, uh, the second half, is we're going to go through uh, what shape is and how you are shaped. So the first S is spiritual gifts. You've got spiritual gifts. The Lord has given you spiritual gifts. The H means heart, things that you're passionate about. The A is your abilities. P is your personality. And E is your experiences. We're going to walk through, and with those sheets, going to do a little bit of self-assessment today. Okay, so welcome to my classroom. Um, those of you who showed up, like, oh, this is different. This is new. Yes, you're going to have a bit of homework to do today. So that's the kind of teacher I was. I always gave homework. So spiritual gifts. Let's talk about that uh, a little bit at first, okay? So this is a time for life application. This is a time where you're, you're going to be maybe talking with your neighbor, and that's okay. Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit of lay of land. Then we're going to work on spiritual gifts and doing some self-assessment. Then we're going to talk about heart. So uh, I'm going to give a little bit of uh, instruction. You guys are going to do some individual work, come back for a little bit of instruction, individual work. So we'll be going back and forth like this. So spiritual gifts. Let's talk just briefly about them. So a, a quick word on gifts is the Bible does not lock us into a tight restriction as the number of gifts that we have. The uh, Bible does not say uh, you've everyone will have three or no one's going to have nine or... Uh, but it's also an element of we're stronger in some of these uh, and don't have some of these, okay? So there's four major uh, scriptures. Spiritual gifts are mentioned in different places, but there's four really uh, detailed scriptures. So I just want to share where this list comes from. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 
Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4. So this is taken from a website, The Spiritual Gifts, uh, and it is on your paper. So if you want to go deeper and actually take the spiritual gift inventory, you can. Uh, we're going to use a little bit of a self-assessment tool uh, that's been put together. So let me explain that tool. Um, well, first I'm going to give you a little bit of lay of land for spiritual gifts. Um, some group them in different ways. So give you an example. Uh, some can be serving gifts. They're characterized by their, their role in the church to manage, serve, or build up the body of Christ. Some gifts are uh, considered kind of foundation gifts. Uh, they are those that are gifts that are needed for planting new churches and ministries. Uh, revelatory gifts. Uh, these are ones that where the Lord's imparting and reveals information to be used to guide, warn, or correct or encourage the church. And manifestation gifts. These are overtly supernatural and display the power and presence of the Lord among his people. Now, the manifestation gifts, we're not getting into this part, but there are different denominations, just so kind of all know, different denominations that believe the gifts of manifestation, some take the line that those were gifts in the apostles' time and they've, they've gone away. Some are, nope, they're still active and alive today. But scripture gives us guidance on how those are used wherever way you land, okay? That's not this talk today, just making aware that there is a difference in some of those and how different denominations look at it. So, here's your individual work. In your sheets, you've got a list of your spiritual uh, gifts that could be possible, and you see three dots. I'm going to explain what those colored dots are. Um, This is the in-class assignment. So you're going to review the spiritual gift, you're going to read the description, and you're going to make an impression check mark. You're just going to check there going, yes, under one of those colored dots. So the green dot means, um, I, I know or pretty sure God's given me the spiritual gift. Uh, and if you're not sure, if you're here with a loved one or a friend, you can elbow them, show them your paper, this is okay, you know, this is not cheating. Uh, show them your paper and say, hey, I, I think, do I have this? Is this my gift? Um, the yellow dot means I, I may have this gift, but I'm really, I'm really not sure if I do. The red dot means, yeah, I, I don't think I have this gift. Um, so you have three columns, and you can use your sheet and, and mark those just like this in the example. Check, yep, I got the gift. No, I do not have that gift. Um, yeah, maybe, yeah, yes, I think I have that gift, okay? So we're going to take some time, and we're going to have some lovely background music. This is individual work time for you. So take a moment and start working on your spiritual gifts, okay? Should have pens or pencils in front if you don't have a writing utensil.
it's okay to have a quick read on this. In your paper is also a website to get to more detail. You can keep working on this, but I do want to start explaining this second section. Shape. S, spiritual gift. H, heart. So that's what we're going to talk about now, is the heart. Ephesians 6, 6 and 7 say, don't work only while being watched. The back ones went out. Um, As people pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, do God's will from your heart. Serve with a good attitude as to the Lord and not to people. So the heart in shape is, what are you passionate about? What gets you up in the morning? Um, And in your, your notes is some guided practice, some questions that can kind of help you focus on this. Uh, Questions like, I love to. I feel compassion when I see or read about. I have long dreamed about getting involved with. And what needs in the church or community excite or concern you? So you'll answer those questions and jot down a few notes. What is really important um, about taking the time to kind of jot down some thoughts Uh, even if it's for a few moments here, is when you go to the ministry fair and talk with some ministry leaders, they're going to say, well, what's your shape? See, in church, a lot of times we will have this, yeah, we want to serve, so where do you need somebody? Just plug me in. What what do you need? That's not the connection points we want to make. You want to ask leaders in the church, What shape do you need filled, and do I have that shape to fill that shape? Because that's where fulfillment in ministry will come. If you are just doing something because it's the need in the church, and you're not wired or shaped that way, it's not going to be fulfilling. So that's why we want to go through some time and make sure that that you've got some thoughts down, and that when you speak with ministry leaders today... They will ask you, or you can say, hey, I've learned a little bit today about my shape. So where, where can I be used? Okay? So heart. If you're thinking about, here's some examples for me. Uh, I'd say I love to play basketball. I love to teach. I love to organize things and, and to work on strategies like, oh, we need to do this big project. Well, great. How do we break it down? So those are things I really enjoy doing. I feel compassion when I see or read about I hear about kids and divorce. Uh, My heart hurts. I hear about students and struggling with self-esteem. I just want to tell them that that God loves them. Um, So think about your examples and what you would put in the heart section. And here's just a list of some areas that you may be passionate about, or this may kind of um, poke your thoughts like, yeah, not that, but something very similar to that. So we're going to take a couple of moments and you can fill out your heart uh, inventory there.
See quite a few faces looking up, a few people still writing down, but we will continue on. S, spiritual gifts, H, heart, A, abilities. What, what are your abilities? Okay, um, again, we're going to do individual group work, so a few questions there that you have. It could be... What's your what's your current vocation? What's the job you do? Well, if you're frustrated and do not like your job, don't list that. Just leave that off the paper. Uh, maybe you could talk about a job or something you've done in the past that you really did enjoy and, and was fulfilling. Uh, another question that can spurk this, these thoughts are um, skills that you have. I'm good at woodworking or I'm really good at crafts. Um, so that's another question that can spark some thoughts. Um, I enjoy explaining or showing someone how to blank. That's another question that can spark some thoughts there. Um, and we've got a list of um, skill sets. This is another one where you can ask family and friends. Whoever you're sitting next to, uh, they can tell you, yeah, you're really good at that. Um, hopefully you'll say, hey, am I good at this? And they'll go, no, no. Hopefully that's not the reaction you have this morning. If it is, it's maybe something you need to talk about. Um, here's a list of some abilities that might spark your, your thoughts or your interest. So take a, a couple of moments and uh, jot some thoughts down there. will also be helpful for you to carry this forward and, and to think or work through in more detail if you desire. 
Let's let's talk about the next letter. Let's talk about um, personality. I'm going to unpack this a little more than some of the others. Um, shape, S H A P P, personality. Um, and so one way we look at personality is a matrix. So four quadrants, and you've got in your sheets an R, an I, a D, and an S. And I'm going to explain what those are. So the first quadrant, it's relate. It's how we relate to the world and how we relate to others. And in that area uh, is introverted and extroverted. This does not mean, and you've got the definitions in your sheets, this does not mean introverted people don't like others. That's not what this means. This means of how we kind of are filled up and how we recharge. So within personalities, those who are introverted, they enjoy being with other people, but they find that being with others in a social settings that they can drain them emotionally, and they are recharged by having some solitude. Okay, Extroverted people, it's not that they don't, they can't be alone for a little while, but they are actually charged by being in a group with people and to being in social settings. So extroverted people reserve their energy uh, by being with others and that they can enjoy some times um, of solitude. The second part of the personality matrix is information. How we take in information in our world and, and how we seek to use information. And that's either intuitive or sensing. So intuitive often describe themselves as innovated and often understand complex ideas rather suddenly. Intuitive persons tend to be more interested in what might be than what is. Sensing are those who can be described as often practical. Sensing persons gather information bit by bit, and they focus on facts, data, and experiences. And sensing people tend to be more interested in what is rather than what might be. Now remember, these are ways that God has wired us. God has shaped us. So they're not wrong. They're just different. So the D is decisions. How we kind of process and make decisions. And that's either thinking or feeling. Thinking persons make decisions based on thinking focus more than on facts, data, rules, and procedures, than how decisions will affect people. The feeling are, is a personality who make decisions based on feelings. They focus more on how a decision is going to affect other people rather than the facts, data, and rules and procedures. And then the last part of the matrix is structure. So judging and perceiving. It's how personality profiles uh, represent or describe these. Uh, it's not the same kind of judging that we would maybe think of or stay away from. The, the judging personality is a person who tend to prefer outcomes to processes. They're interested in structure, in meeting deadlines and closure and moving on to the next thing. And judging persons tend to like checklists and plans. Perceiving is persons who tend to prefer processes to outcomes. They're more interested in going with the flow and seeing what happens than making schedules and, and meeting deadlines. 
Now you could see in that personality uh, the differences. Like that could be kind of difficult if you're trying to plan for an evening or event, and you've got a bunch of judging people and a bunch of perceiving people. And I don't mean judging as they're sitting around judging you, but this is how they structure themselves and their lives. That one's like, well, let's let's do this and do this and help people do that, and everybody's like, well, let's just see how it goes. But wait, if it goes badly, we don't we can prevent it from going badly. So it's just how we're wired differently. So let me explain how you're going to kind of mark uh, and take your do your independent work on this. So you have your sheets there with the descriptions, but you'll see along the center column uh, numbers. So this, again, is not, yes, I'm introverted, or means, no, I'm not extroverted. It, it's a scale. So a one on the scale for how you relate to others, one would be highly introverted. But you could also be a four and go, yeah, I, I like social settings, but I also like solitude, so that's okay. It's not all or, or nothing. So in that, read the description, which we've read them to you, and in each box, you'll want to circle a number that you think represents your personality and where you are with relating information, decisions, and structure. So here's a little example. You could ask around as well. So, again, the application. When you go to ministry teams and talk with them, and you say, oh, well, what's your need? Well, we, we need people to greet uh, youth and whatnot at night. Uh, great. Well, ministry leaders... On your personality profile, where did you land? Introverted or extroverted? Oh, I'm a one. I'm a one. I'm, I totally get charged up by being in solitude. Okay, you greeting and being outgoing is not where we want to fit you. That's not how you're shaped. So here's the application of these things, okay? So take a moment and go through those four and mark down what you perceive to be your number, okay? There's no... Wrong answers where you think you are on these scales. So take a moment to do that. Again, this is a good activity. If you're with someone, they can affirm some of your personality traits. Okay. You can have uh, some more time, uh, and you'll have these sheets with you as you go to the ministry fair as well. Let's uh, let's wrap up and, and talk about the last letter in shape, E, experiences. This is one that um, can be very profound uh, for some people. 
and we see in, in Scripture examples. Now, Paul's experience was very explosive, and, and the Lord manifested himself right then and there on the road to Damascus. And we see in Scripture that for Timothy, it was a gradual growth of learning his faith from his mother and grandmother. So when we talk about experiences, we're not talking about your salvation experience. What we are talking about is in life. You may have had a very steady influence in your life growing up, and these experiences have given you strong habits. You may have had very strong experiences that are negative, but yet you've grown a sensitivity uh, to that. So these questions that will, will help guide you are things like, because of my own experience, I believe I could relate and encourage someone who's going through what? Grief, depression, divorce, transition, job loss, new to town. Uh, another question is how I've grown. So experiences. Have you grown through formal education, informal study, um, men's groups? Have you grown that way? So that's another way to look at your experiences. Another question is, what's an important turning point or experiences that have taught you? And some of you who may know um, our family's story, we've had quite a few transitions. Um, in 2011, we were, 2012, we were still in Texas. From 2012 to today, we've gone from Texas to South Carolina to Illinois to Indiana. Transitions that we did not desire. Um, but God worked out. And that's tough. We've got three girls. And my oldest, Becca, uh, she's old enough to remember most of those transitions. And that was really tough on her. And, and there was times where we talked and we prayed. And I, I asked her, I said, "Hun, do you want to, I think you have a great example to share in this. What are your experiences and how that's kind of shaped God? God's shown you your shape and what he wants you to do. So he sh she shared with me, and so we actually did a little video. So here is my daughter, Becca, sharing uh, what those things have done and meant uh, for her. The experiences you have, whether good or bad, shape who you are and who God wants you to be. If you ask me about my experiences, they have been really tough while moving and adapting to a new place. But through all that, it's helped me develop a sense of heart for those who go through the same experiences. When a new student comes into school, I am so happy to show them around and make them feel comfortable because I know what it feels like to be in a new place and feel uncomfortable or like you don't fit in yet. Through all of this, it has also taught me that I want to be a teacher. I want to help people learn more about God and to help them with stuff done in the real world. So through all of my experiences, I've learned that God has a plan for you and he wants you to fulfill it. Even difficult experiences, transitioning for a young girl from school to school to school. She's been in three Christian schools and a public school and our church uh, preschool, two public schools, uh, in her life. And, and there's times where my wife and I, at night, just weep over the transitions that we've had to experience and what the girls have had to gone through. And yet, in encouraging my daughter, saying, God, listen to what God's doing in that. And she, as she shared, 
God's done something with that and shown her where she can serve and how she can serve. And that's why last week we had a new student coming in. I had that student shadow uh, Becca for that, that morning because I know Becca's heart. If she's new, she's going to want to show her and guide her around and make sure she has a good experience. It's also why now in the youth ministry, uh, she's going to be serving in one of those areas as a it was a welcome, welcome team. Um, so that's how God has, has shaped her and her experience. So we're going to take the last uh, minute or two here, and you can answer some of those questions, and then we're going to wrap up and move into our ministry fair. Okay, this, this is another kind of question that you actually can explore with the ministry leaders. So when you're at the table and exploring and talking with some of them, uh, they may ask you, so what experiences have you had in the past with youth? Or what experiences have you had uh, with, with nursery or with sound or tech or singing in the choir? So this is a, a question that can be explored also alongside the ministry leaders at the ministry fair. So remember... Uh, in conclusion, uh, we want you to know that you are shaped by God, that you are shaped for a purpose, uh, and that everybody's shape is different, but that's the picture of the body of the Christ. Uh, and so we are so thankful that you had the time to meet with us today and, and go through some of this, and we are hoping that you will just be blessed by connecting with ministry leaders and, and what you might learn about where God has shaped you to serve. So Pastor Tim is going to join us and and close us out and give us any last-minute instructions.